This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are going to watch Suspicions. I am Van Velding, and I watched this episode when it originally aired. Hi, this is Jack. Um, I also watched this episode when it originally aired. Yeah, and we are going to watch it on Netflix, and you are going to watch with us. Uh, you ready? Yep. And three, two, one, engage. So, uh, it's a Dr. Crusher episode. We do not get enough of those. I realize now why it was not synced. Um, huh? Oh, the last one? Yeah, it's because I um, um, started it too early. Okay. Do you, do you want to... Are you good now? No, we're good now. We're synced. We're good to keep rolling? Yeah. Okay. Dr. Crusher. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, we recorded these two weeks apart, you guys, and Jack was just remembering last week uh, yeah, when we sure. recorded Frame of Mind uh-huh. 14 days ago yeah. that uh, <laughs> we were a little out of sync on that one. So, um, Starfleet with their slightly downward pointing mirrors because of cameras. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, you can't get it in the shot. So... Um, so yeah, the Dr. Crusher says her career screwed and Guidance here to get her Save elbow the day. looked at. Yeah. Not the real yeah. Guidance counselor on the ship. No. I feel Not like Troy with... came in. <laughs> huh? Not the one with credentials. <laughs> yeah, in the universe of Star Trek, having a PhD in psychology is no match for someone who's waited bar- who's waited tables for I guess 200 years or something. I mean, it's a lot of experience. But. That's but an interesting certainly, planet. I wonder what planet that is. It kind of looks planet. like a gas. Is it a gas giant? But it looks like it has molten surface. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. If it, if it was modeled like that, it's probably uh, just a volcanic planet with hard crust. Yeah. I think Earth could have a ring if we had enough debris. Like, if you just pulverize the moon hard enough, I think we could have a ring. Yeah. Get on that, NASA. I'm, I'm curious as to how that even works, because, right, we, we didn't have a moon at once. They think it was caused by an impact. And yeah. so, why didn't all that stuff form a ring instead of forming a moon? And then why do other planets have rings instead of a moon in place of the ring? Um... I'm not an. I haven't, I haven't looked into this. I believe what hit us did the thing where like it hit us in a blob, and like it went. It it hit us was on such a scale that we acted more like a liquid, right, oh. than a solid, and it went bloop, and it like just made another blob come out of us. Okay, that that makes sense. I so guess. that, um, and I think reason some things have rings is because if there's a mass around them. And they have enough gravity, the gradient from the back of that mass to the front of that mass, however you reckon it, is enough that it can't, it overcomes the gravity holding it into one continuous thing. Yeah. So, like, the shearing forces across it as it is, as the big planet pulls on it, rips it apart into pieces. Um, so, I think that's how, how large bodies like gas giants have rings. Yeah. Because they just... Tear, tear apart their moons with their gravity yeah. but um, I think we I think you could make us a ring I think Earth could have a ring if you wanted to make one we just maybe couldn't make one naturally so where if she doesn't actually have tennis elbow certainly the 
the doctor would be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive that for the diagnosis part, she's, um, she's using like her own hands instead of a, yeah, yeah, a Star yeah. Trek thing. So, yeah. um, we don't, it doesn't come up much, but Dr. Crusher does have a history with, um, non advanced medicine. Her grandmother grew up in like a simple colony and I think, and, and so she spent some time there and learned basic medicine. She went back in time and she was a combat medic in World War II. <laughs> she, she did go back in time, but yeah. Not that far, though. Um, or did she, uh, she went back in time to 1898, oh, she went 1876, further. Went further than that. something like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what are so, you yeah. doing? That's not how you, God. <laughs> that's not how you do a trick. Look, give me that. Yeah. So she knows, she knows some old school medicine is what I'm saying. Look, when you're a Starfleet officer, you got to do I mean, I, at I'm least assu- one time before you get to commander. I'm assuming hmm? you still have to have some basic knowledge of anatomy. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at the least. Yeah. Even though all of the machines do the stuff for you, you, you still have to know why <laughs> why they do what they do. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, as um, as a commander, like once you get to that level, you've been in, you've been back in time a couple couple instances oh, yeah yeah so that's almost it's almost standard it. procedure at this point yeah oh you want to be a captain have you gone back in time well no well too bad mm. you're gonna need to do some training then <laughs> so you're gonna put you in the simulator we're gonna put you in the holodeck you're gonna be sent back in time we're gonna simulate going back in time to a random point in history yeah. you're gonna have to do do some hijinks there we're gonna send you back so. in time to watch this play that uh, Commander Riker was in. <laughs> yeah. So the, the framing <laughs> device of the Doctor's log is brings us up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, Doctor Rega. We know who Doctor Rega is, and we know who all of our suspects. I mean, scientists are. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, and we get we get a mystery story that we start at the end of, and the end is that we haven't solved the mystery. I guess. Right. So Rega's going to make a, a field that makes it possible to go deeper into a star than we have gone before. Right. So sure. That's cool. It's useful. Useful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it... In inte- hmm? Considering that, um, you know, even in the Star Trek universe, there is some technology that hasn't been invented yet. Yeah. Yeah. I they they haven't covered canonically black holes um, in the books they have the very first original series next generation crossover actually used a, a black hole as a plot device ah. um, I get this a fascist from the 21st century was trying to kill um, Jeff from Cochran and, and you know pick one and uh, the original series, Enterprise went into the black hole, but they were all like all messed up. And the next generation ship had to go into the black hole for similar reasons. And they had to hand off stuff from Cochrane, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they could both do that. But I guess suns are a little more hardcore than a black hole. So are they? And like, they're differently intense. Like there's huge gravity shears around a black hole, which I think would be really bad. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about like a gravitational gradient when your right hand and your left hand are like 200 pounds of weight in difference. Yeah, that's bad. Um, yeah. Spaghettification. Yeah. Yes. Spaghettification. So, <laughs> but no, no. Suns are but like yeah. really hot. Suns are bad. Except yeah, like, when they're good. They're good. Super hot. Yeah. I mean, techni- like there are nuclear explosions that are hotter in some parts of the sun. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Wait, but I mean, they we're, also... We're assured it's, they also have the technology to build a Dyson sphere. But no, we can't fly into it. Yeah. Yeah, n- nobody in this goddamn setting seems to care about goddamn Dyson spheres. Yeah. They're all about mining dilithium and, I don't know, farming antimatter? I don't know how you farm antimatter. But... Yeah, I don't I mean, know. that's their whole power supply. And it's like, where do you get the antimatter from? I'm like, oh, it's around. It's like, no, it physically can't be around. That's how antimatter works. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Sponge Guy has conned himself into piloting the shuttle himself. What the? What the incredible trustworthy science scientist from unknown race? Nobody knows anything he just about. Volunteered. Him. How? Is Except she- that he's a good guy who's going to assure the integrity of the science experiment. Like, how did? How did, <laughs> how did they even know? Like Beverly Crusher's the one that organized this, right? Yeah. So, like nobody else heard of this Sponge guy, but Beverly Crusher heard of him. This, he dude, was on the cover of Time and dude, Bullshit. Okay, this is an ins- it is a respected publication. This is an inside job, dude. <laughs> Beverly Crusher's in on it the whole time, and we, oh, we were too blind to see. I mean, that's certainly possible. She goes to the one CD bar that the TNG set guys can make, and she's like, "Hey, you, <laughs> can you pretend to be a scientist?" <laughs> what is so? How do you feel about radiation? Yeah. So. But but yes, that like, Doc Doctor Rega just could have flew it himself. It'd have been fine. Yeah, and, but they're all like, yeah. He goes in, he doesn't come out. Oh, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> and they're like, "You'll, you'll cheat. You'll fake the results." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's fake that he failed it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. The results are that he didn't die. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can see is a Rick and Morty like contraption where like. He flies the shuttlecraft into the corona. He dies from radiation, and like a bunch of little arms come out, and there's like a Doctor Rega in a tube. Like downloading consciousness. I I feel like I have a new perspective on Star Trek after watching through Rick and Morty. But yeah, show me what you got. (laughs) So, but like Doctor Rega isn't unconventional. Like we don't think of scientists when we think of Ferengi, right? No. So, same thing with Cleons. So, um, you know, Dr. Rega is like, uh, there are so many interesting questions about the finances of science that this episode does not ask about Dr. Rega. Yeah. I was like, is this, is this too theoretical a research for Ferengi investors to invest in? Like, are there just no applications for this? Is it just the fact that they're science applications? Maybe um, maybe the investors aren't Ferengi. Well, like he couldn't get any of them, so he couldn't even get non-Ferengi investors oh. to help with this. 
So, like, there isn't some incredibly paywalled Ferengi scientific journal that's interested in this. God, God, I feel that little trot over there where he just kind of strutted his stuff in front of other. <laughs> it just felt so contrived. <laughs> I mean, but he's happy, and it's important to. to yeah, to look show at me, that. suckers. <laughs> no one believes in him. Yeah, and he has one moment of triumph before um, something starts going wrong, and it's sad because he he really wants to succeed. He wants to be recognized for his his efforts, in spite of the yeah exactly. very siloed cultures. Of he's Star Trek. he's like a Renaissance artist, and nobody cares until after he's dead. Yeah. It should be like in one of the scenes before he dies, the doctor comes in. He's like, and he's like, take him to a, a science exhibit 20 years in the future and be like, I think Dr. Rega was one of the greatest scientists of all time. Yeah. Dr. Rega cries. <laughs> Can I meet the 10th doctor now? He was way better. And then, <laughs> then he comes back and he gets murdered. <laughs> Like I'm not saying that that P- Stephen Moffat can't make a scene. I'm just saying, fuck that dude. So, <laughs> beam him the sick bay. Yeah, and for all the the administrative working parts of this episode, um, the voiceover helps this thing go really well. You know what episode could use this voiceover? The chase. The chase could have used this voiceover. Mm. Yeah, I just I I feel really bad for Dr. Rega though. Like it's just this yeah. entire story is it's just a tragedy. It is. It's a really sad episode. And like there's not even much of a moral center to it. The science angle is pretty yeah. Like there there it could be any scientific discovery at the heart of this, right? Cuz it's about the struggle over the technology rather than you know the idea behind the technology itself. Yeah. I have dried. <laughs> <laughs> she checks him out. He's like, oh yeah, no, he's stiff as a board. She picks him up. Light though. Light. That's because he's a sponge I mean, dude. The gig should have been up right there. I saw the sun. Like, what are you talking about? You you saw a star, but that's not the sun. The sun is in Seoul. Look. Look, Destiny's Child was a big deal. He got confused. In the 90s. Yeah. His brain. Like, I saw the sign. Is that not how the song goes? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think that was Destiny's Child. I think I really missed the work on that. I one. think that, but, um, that was TLC, wasn't it? I, I, I will defer to you on that one. It was TLC then. Wait, no, I'm wrong again. I saw the sign? Damn. Yeah. That's Ace of Base. Ace of Base. God. Yeah, we're both. How idiots. did I know that, and how did I not know that? We're both idiots. <laughs> we have to hand in our millennial badges. Now. <laughs> we have to go to the chief of millennials and give him our badges and avocado toast. And I don't, you know, I don't know what generation I am, dude. Like, I see, I don't know. I was born in eighty. Some people, oh. some people consider that millennial. Some people do not. So, yes. Yeah, so- I, well, I don't know. If you were a millennial, you're a Gen X now, just like me. <laughs> We've been cast out. I don't fit. I just need to know yeah, the. I don't fit anywhere. The cultural touchstones of Gen X. What is that like? He he man. 
No. I'm like, the, I'm the in that. Flintstones? Like, yeah. I'm in that gap that knows what it's like not to have technology and also knows what it's like to have it. So I can't, I can't be in Gen X. I don't know enough about wacky racers. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, it was, it's interesting to have no electronics and then to have electronics everywhere. This is like a better technician. This is like the battle of wits out of the princess bride. She's, She's, what she's, is this? Was what? Sorry, what was she holding? Oh, did Nurse Ogawa get her a PKE meter? Like that. Speaking that's of Ghostbusters, yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, busted ass PKE meter. <laughs> I do like the, I do like the the tricorder nook on the far side of the bed, but it's like, oh yeah, what, in case yeah. you both need tricorders. <laughs> Get him. We're going to tag him from both sides with the tricorders. <laughs> so. So. Uh, so so she's they, going through an arc. Hmm? Yeah. I wonder if they went through a phase like where, like, uh, like cell phones did. Like, at, like cell phones at one time were the only things you would brag about being smaller. Yeah. Look how small my cell phone is. It's amazing. And then, and then we kind of drifted away from that. Like cell phones have gotten large again. So I wonder if the, if the like the tricorders went through that that phase. See that that tricorder that Jordy's holding looks that's like car phone size. Yeah, yeah. Contemporary to this episode, car phone size is pretty big. Yeah, but maybe uh, they just said, so you cr- know, if we made tricorders smaller, people would just be losing tricorders everywhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's a plot device for an episode of Voyager, yeah. Losing tricorders? So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like 80% sure there's an episode uh, of Voyager about that. They have very small tricorders. So, um, their phasers get smaller, too, I think. So, which I'm like, the tricorders are fine. You don't need to fix them, Star Trek Voyager. They did. They're yeah, smaller. Yeah. So. Maybe they were using that logic. Hey, technology is advanced. So things should be smaller because that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they do. So, um, I haven't seen the episodes of Star Trek Discovery that take place in the 32nd century, 800 years after this. So I don't know how far they take that there. Yeah. I don't but, know. um, yeah. But yeah, no. As these, as this franchise gets further, further down the line, things get smaller and sleeker and better. Yeah. Ah, and Vulcans and, sort of, and their impeccable hair. Yeah. They just wear wigs, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It kind of looks like she might have gorilla glue in her hair. <laughs> I have missed that story completely. <laughs> I know there was a woman who had hair and gorilla glue. Yeah. Or. There was Gorilla Glue that had hair and a woman. I'm 50-50. So I don't know. Uh, it, it ended well, I guess. Well, that's uh, good to hear. That's good to hear. She got the Gorilla Glue out of her hair. But, um, You're a Cleon. What are you whining about? Yeah. People sacrificing themselves. You people die for like a short brunch. You guys are like, is the brunch line too long? Then I have no honor. And then they off themselves because they're Cleons. Come on, man. 
I will prove my like, sh- Show your commitment to science by sacrificing yourself in the death shuttle. Gosh, it's like you don't even believe in the scientific method. Yeah. What? So, are there any uh, Vulcans that are married to other Vulcans? Or are they all married Gosh. To, to humans? I don't know, man. I'm beginning to think they all have human fever. <laughs> they're all just like, man, them humans. Once you meet them, they're just so great. She's like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm married to this guy because. Uh, oh yeah, like, <laughs> cut to that from that scene into the very next scene, and he's dead. Like there okay, wasn't there... even a buildup. He's just on the floor. <laughs> to the defense of this show, there was a commercial in there. It was built around having commercials. Ah, all right. Rem- remember commercials? I do. I do. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember them from YouTube. Whenever my ad block isn't working. Oh. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the ones for this show were less obnoxious. So I would actually Netflix listen to, I would actually opt in. If your commercials were entertaining, I would opt into commercials for some shows for pacing purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm saying there are people on YouTube making short, fun content. So let me add something to my commercial queue on Netflix. It's funny that, uh, that crusher would think our career's over because, uh, she performed an illegal autopsy, which we didn't get to yet, but not no. because there are just two dead guys under her supervision. <laughs> <laughs> Look, under the renegade run law of 2270, you're allowed to have a few casualties as long as you're a main character. <laughs> so. Like, look, you, you go to the tribunal and they're like. You, so many people died on this mission you put together. It, it was a scientific conference. How did 20% of your people die? <laughs> and she's like, you'd let Shepard do it. And they're like, we would let Shepard do it. It's like the scene from Blazing Saddles where they take off their hat. And they're like, Randolph Scott. But like that, but for Shepard. Commander <laughs> Shepard. So that's what space is like. Like, damn it, that's right. Renegade Shep would have done it that way. And who are we to question that wisdom? And then she cold hangs up on him because she's Beverly freaking Crusher. Oh, yeah. Ninja kick. Oh, this is the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the, the scene where the chief tells her that the mayor's on his ass and he can't authorize her. To... Yeah. And he can't... You can't ask that guy any questions. He's got connections at the very top, mm-hmm. except it's in the form of a, uh autopsy thing. In some society... Oh, yeah, there's an issue later on where we learn that some Ferengi vacuum desiccate their remains and auction them off uh which is such a Ferengi <laughs> thing to do <laughs> right um but apparently like no you can't autopsy this guy it's like you know maybe Ferengi can have more than one death culture right. cultural death yeah. also with so. with all of this technology in the universe it's impossible to do an autopsy on somebody that uh they can't tell that we've done yeah right it's like, what's that so tricorder for? Just set it to autopsy. Yeah, like, every, literally everything you can do requires... You don't have to cut people open. The faith. What the kind faith of... of her turning the door, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Right. You're right. It's not like she's got to get Scully in here with a freaking face shield. And they have two yeah, red-haired doctors or that cutting fer- a guy apart with a scalpel. The, the Ferengis run them through, like, a scanner machine to make sure there were no autopsies done on the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are autopsy <laughs> waves in here. 
Did you scan him severely? <laughs> you I'm sorry. I'm still a little nauseous from didn't the... you? I'm still a little nauseous from the matter disassembly device I used to get over here. I'm sorry. Give me a second. I'm so outraged at this violation of his person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, weird science couple yeah. we're only married so this could be one scene instead of two also given the illusion we have a wide pool of suspects I'm sorry if I was interviewing these two people in a murder investigation my only question would be like why are you married <laughs> what is your deal your lips are the size of your face and he's old you may have been younger when you got married, but you're a Vulcan. But still. I wonder if they have any kids. I hope they don't have any kids. Like, Not not, not because... They, what? Yeah, they just have like another uh, Spock running around. I don't know. Maybe Vulcan supremacy, which that door knew not to open. Them doors, man. They're empathic. <laughs> Say what you will about the, uh, the beta Z. The but doors. Those doors, sharp as heck. Yeah. Any other door would have opened. They're the the door. doors at the Piggly Wiggly, <laughs> wide open in this scenario. The doors have been running a show the whole yeah. time. The doors are like, I have, she has one more question for you. Beverly asked him the question, okay? <laughs> <laughs> doors are coaching. <sighs> this is a, a futuristic Cthulhu horror. The lighting story. in that room is really uh, aesthetically pleasing. That orange light in the back yeah. that I keep seeing, that's like, yeah. man, that's relaxing. Yeah. yeah, they didn't kill anybody. Let's go. Yeah. I'm saying if I was doing a murder investigation, I would ask, why are you married? And she'd be like, he has an insatiable sex drive. And he'd be like, yep, once a month like clockwork. <laughs> I mean, so. she she should have uh, she should have interviewed the Klingon first, though. I mean, she'd have been fresher from it. Well, you know. but but part of the reason the Klingon gets angry though is because other people were accusatory, right? Yeah. Or does Beverly? I mean, she has, does Beverly mention the Vulcans here? I think not? she does. Yeah, I think she does. So, I mean, and you know what holds a marriage together is making alibis for each other and casting aspersions <laughs> on each other, aspersions on outside parties when you're accused of murder. Yeah. So. But I feel like it's just the relationship. I feel like if she would have went to the Klingon first, the Klingon would have been less offended. Now, I hmm. don't know how much less offended it would be on a Klingon scale, but maybe she, I don't know. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the bad place from the TV show called The Good Place, yeah. where they're like, "Look, even by our own reverse rules for things, I don't know if I'm supposed to like that part, like that or not." <laughs> like she's a she's a cleon but she's a scientist cleon so is she less violent or is she she studies violence yeah so whatever dr crusher has to get into a fight to yeah. maintain this series as action quotient it's one of our weakest riker scenes of the series <laughs> so the, i'm sorry a riker scene is whenever this show has to pretend that it's an action show so it has to have some action in it in every episode yeah. However, abbreviated or slight. But that's assault, though. That's it, assault. it absolutely is. You yeah. just assaulted a Starfleet officer. Like, but, n nobody mentions the Klingon's career being over. 
but <laughs> yeah, it should have. Um, yeah, it, it was. It did loosen her up a little bit, though. Like, starts answering some questions. So, are are are, so. are Klingons, um, um, are they are they pound for pound stronger than a human? I would I would imagine. That's my impression. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I feel like Beverly could could she could kick her ass. I, I think Klingons are stronger than humans. Beverly could also kick this lady's ass. Yeah, but I mean, have you seen the spin kick at the end of this episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like as a military officer, Doctor Crusher would have been trained in some combat, as opposed to yeah. just a civilian scientist. Yeah, I mean, you know, Klingon culture is pretty tough, but um, I, I would put my money on on Doctor Crusher as a person. Like I, I, well, I wouldn't put Jordy up against <laughs> up against a Klingon scientist. That guy takes more falls than Fox Mulder. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I get a I get a free slice of pizza if I fit in one more '90s reference. Oh, this episode. Um, I'm hungry. I want pizza. I'm just saying. No, I am just saying. Don't do the autopsy. No. She was in the room. She'd made that decision a long time ago. She just wasn't honest about it with herself. So that's a that's the autopsy, right? Just clicked a bunch of buttons on the screen. I mean, maybe she had to take the little the little you know foily thing down. <laughs> I do want to mention that she immediately turns herself it's in for like, this. Uh, Jean Luc, I saw the Ferengi's body in the nude. Arrest <laughs> arrest me. Look, here's the deal, Jean Luc. So I did an autopsy, and nothing came up. Then I did a super autopsy. Okay, then I diced them into tiny pieces, <laughs> and I made a stew. I ate the stew. It tasted fine. I don't know what's wrong with the guy. I ate the stew, and I <laughs> still don't know what's wrong. I did every test I could think of, Jean-Luc. I don't know why that dude died. <laughs> um, but, like, it's a Star Trek thing. When Captain Kirk stole the Enterprise, okay, he stole the Enterprise to save Spock, to get Spock's Katra back, well, he, he stole the Enterprise so he could properly bury Spock and maybe help McCoy. Um, he didn't know he was going to get Spock back out of the deal. But he did it. He broke the law. And then he went back to Earth, incidentally saved Earth doing that, and <laughs> turned himself in for disciplinary action because he broke the rules and he was willing to pay the price for that. Um, but he knows... The doing the same thing. He knows that after all the heroic shit he did that they would be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay, let's... all right. He, <laughs> he decided to go back to Earth, and on the way, he learned that there was a probe who liked whales. And he's like, well, <laughs> I'm headed back to Earth. I'll stop by the 20th century, get some whales, come back. It, it need not have any bearing on my case. Um, he, he was His plan was to go back to Earth. If anything, he saved Earth so that he could stand trial. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like when Star Trek has that kind of integrity. But then he wouldn't stand trial because he saved Earth. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a he, it's paradox. I'm. He did stand trial. He did get demoted to captain. Oh. That's um, it? Shucks. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that guy who was miserable as captain, as an admiral and happy as a captain, got demoted back to captain as his punishment. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying they didn't take that into account. I'm just <laughs> saying 
that he that he that's like he getting, and Crusher both broke the rules. Yeah, that's like getting suspended from school for missing school. Like really, my <laughs> my punishment for being suspended is to miss more school. <laughs> yes, it's the virtuous circle vis- version yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but I like that Starfleet officers have integrity like that. They're not like, oh, I broke the rules, but I was right, so therefore no punishment. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, I broke the rules, and I was right, but I'm still not allowed to break the rules just because I feel it's justified. There's a data with this weird contraption that we don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, what is yeah, that? Yeah, like you mentioned this. What is that? Oh, it's coming to me. It, it's just, it looks uh, like, a, like a box that a bunch of conduits would stick to. It looks like it was made by Playmates. Is he running some Cat 5 cable? I feel like this is Donatello the Ninja Turtles technology closet for his <laughs> playset. Bing, slice of pizza. So, like, <laughs> it is weird, though. I it's wonder how much thing. of, uh, how much of the, uh, the Next Generation's budget was allocated to flashy lights. I mean, a lot of them. They had to buy <laughs> LEDs, like, by the pound when they came out. They had LEDs at that time? The LEDs, I don't know. They had tiny blinking lights. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, tiny blinking lights, LEDs, whatever. So, I don't know the difference. A face ionic pulse be directly into the metaphasic projection matrix. Yeah, man. Like in the Star Trek role playing game, there's le- legitimately a techno babble table. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not the current RPG, it's the RPG before that. I think that was. That was the last Unicorns game RPG? I don't exactly remember who prints the current RPG. We could so. modify the phase variants and reverse the gravity well on a deflector array and create a uh, ionic burst of tachyon. Not particles, though. Particles. Uh, not tachyon particles. Tachyon mm. uh, uh, something else. I don't know. What else could tachyons yeah. be? Uh, they're just particles and they're really like particles but they're particles so I like this scene too in the last episode I talked about like the slice of life stuff but this humanness that underlies the connection between these people Riker's like okay look doctor I've done this a few episodes ago I fell in love with a genderless species who identified as female I've been down to a planet to break them out of prison. Her out of prison. She identified as female. Um, <laughs> you know, I was going to throw my whole career away. I mean, Morph, don't do it, man. <laughs> he knows. Riker knows a rogue like, action when it's brewing. It's it's awfully convenient, though, that he just happened to meet her in that hallway on a... Unless he was like, computer, where's Beverly Crusher? I think that's how it started, yeah. When it's whole, yeah. this whole time that she could have been like computer who killed this guy <laughs> <laughs> I know right? <laughs> uh, I have, like that's a great question Dr. Crusher I have no idea <laughs> yeah it couldn't have been the so, sponge guy he's dead <laughs> yeah whenever Riker did his going off book type of deal he brought Worf with him and Worf is like I want to be a bro to the end and Riker's like, come on down. And Beverly just high roaded the hell out of World Riker. He's mm. like, I want you to get involved, man. You can get your friends involved when you go off book. But. Anyway. We'll, we'll just get, There's... we'll just get the uh, inconsequential uh, medical assistant involved instead. 
<laughs> Let her do all the dirty work. Hey, look. She is a nurse, and her name is Ogawa. If you do the autopsy, and I pretend like you don't, that I don't see you, then everything is fine. Yeah. So. And that's like, I don't know. I would prefer that we we see things proven rather than just see the the effects of it. But I think it says a lot of good things about Dr. Crusher as a boss. That Nurse Ogawa is like... Meanwhile, the, yeah. the sponge guy has just been in there. To, like, what's the temperature in there? I don't know. The Ferengi was covered with ice. Yeah. He is a cold, dry sponge. So. Yeah. Now we're gonna super scan him. He's just been taking a nap. Or, it, or it, he was just conscious the whole time, just chilling out in there. Oh shit, she's she's opening the, the door. I have to pretend I'm dead again. He's got a Game Boy. <laughs> he's got the Game Boy tucked right now. And he's like, oh man, I hope this doesn't get any deeper. Oh, it's so. Tetrion traces. Oh, this whole time I thought it was Tachyon. God, no wonder why I was screwed <laughs> up. They've used a lot of a lot of their techno babble words for this. So the deal is that he is not dead. Right. I, okay. Yeah. So he's laying on that slab. He's heard everything she said, and and now she's going to go to her shuttlecraft, and Joe Brill has to get off that slab, nude. Yeah. With someone else in the room, and hustle his his spongy butt down to the shuttle bay uh-huh. and get into position where we're going to see him next. Yep. Yeah. Was he on SNL? Like that is a that's a lot of hustle, man. <laughs> that's a run in a wardrobe change for the next skit. Like, how does he even do that? There was a stunt double. It was a stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> so <sighs> it's Christian wig on the slab. So Buffer. now Doctor Crusher stealing a shuttlecraft. Doc- yeah. <laughs> Right? So, that... Yeah. First, she's... Now she's going to be put on trial for... For... God. She's not even... Is she an officer right now, or she's already relieved of duty? She, she's she been relieved of duty. That's why Nurse Ogawa had to help her with yeah. the... Yeah, so... The, yeah, she had to unlock all the stuff. But now she's committing treason, I guess. Stealing a shuttle. <laughs> Yeah, at at this point, those shuttlecrafts probably have a button that just says, "Hey, I'm being stolen," and you push it, and it just turns all that remote stuff off. <laughs> like, yeah, let's not forget right. this. It's, it's, yeah, it's stolen. We accept it. It sends a report to the yeah. You see, company. I didn't even think of that plot hole. You're just you're just adding more to the plot <laughs> holes are already. Well, like so many shuttles in this show get stolen. Yeah, it's like you might as well just have the button. So does does the Enterprise Every... not have a tractor beam either? No, she's too far away oh. to, for that. <laughs> well, screw it. Fire photon torpedoes. <laughs> there's there's next uh, there's next level technology in that shuttle that we can't let fall into her hands. So Yeah. Wharf. Take care of it. That sun. The sun is gonna turn against us. I'm, the the side effect of this amazing sun shield is that you're overcome with euphoria briefly. Yes. Yay, it worked. She did it. 
Now she implicates the other three scientists. It was murder and sabotage. And, I don't know. This is when the box... Brain larceny, too? This is when the box opens. Yeah, so when our, our story gets interesting. I It's a good thing... One thing I like about science fiction and fantasy is that so much of the time, your murder suspect, like your prime murder suspect, is the first victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that. But look at he got a, he got a shirt. He had to stop by wardrobe and get a shirt. <laughs> That's why she's surprised. His onesie. Did, she's like, whoa! Not how can you be alive? How did you get in here? Yeah, like. Can you people run super quick too? He's like, no, yeah, oh, not my people. I was just a track star. Not to mention that, like, it, it, to add to the further complexity, it, I would presume that when she left the morgue, that she enclosed him back into the into the little <laughs> morgue bay. So he also had to get out of that. They have a Victorian era bell in there. He gets to pull <laughs> case of accidental burial. <laughs> I'm not dead. Yeah. So. And the reason the reason I convince about the economic principles of the development of this thing isn't because of like a Ferengi <laughs> continuity universe thing, but because that's his motivation. He's going to steal this for some goal now. And what? And then how far would he get? He's going to take it out. He's going to... Oh, oh yeah, right. We've forgotten. The shuttle can emit a field that makes it look like it explodes. But, but that's fine, too. Turn into but, then, but then all of a sudden, the race of humanoids that this guy belongs to is going to have discovered a shield that lets you fly to a sun? I would think that... <laughs> the dead... I would think that people would be able to put two and two together. Yeah, I know, right? And the deadly weapon of flying into a sun a little bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, so, so the the shuttle blows up, supposedly. Crusher dies. This guy dies. Throat punch, spin kick, There's, phaser. Oh yeah. That's a good kick, though. Yeah, it was a damn good kick. It's like, do they measure shuttlecrafts by whether or not you can do a spin kick in them? Because damn, yeah, dude, you have a. That's a great effect too. You have a yeah. hole in you. Yeah. And then, bam! Just ices him. I mean, she, I don't think she had to kill him, really. Like, she, I mean, she, she could have blew his leg off or something. Yeah, th- there's scientific uh, interest in knowing exactly how many holes you can blow in this guy till he stops working totally. Well, yeah, but that, but she blew the hole in him, and then she made adjustments to the phaser. Yeah, which is reasonable. Her life was in danger. I'm just saying, where's the scientist in you, Doctor Crusher? No disintegrations. Like, how... <laughs> uh, she puts on the Mando suit. She drives away from the Enterprise. It's time to start a new life. I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah, Beverly Crusher, bounty hunter. Yeah. So it's good. Um. So yeah, she beats up the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what I was saying, it's like right they. She dies, that guy dies, they die in the sun, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, maybe like a year later, the sponge people develop a shield that can let you fly into a sun, and then nobody on the Enterprise pieces anything together. Someone would get sued, I would hope, you know? 
Like, oh, you were the guy who was or there even, when Dr. Rega mysteriously yeah, or died? Or even the, same, the scientists who were still alive would have been like, hey, this is the same thing that Dr. Rega was developing. And yeah, I wonder... Yeah. Wait a second. You gotta take him to space court, at least. When yeah. they're taking over the galaxy by flying slightly closer to a star. Yeah. I don't know. And Guinan doesn't play. Yeah, I didn't... Guinan doesn't play tennis. Where did they get the tennis racket from? I'm having deja vu well, about that, too. They, they have a store. They have a store. Like, uh, Worf and Data went wedding gift shopping at the little store. With slightly larger than average replicators. Amazon? And you, you go... Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's called the Amazon Room. Yeah. Amazon yeah. Bay. And you just you just flip through what you want, and you it gets replicated, and you give it to somebody as a gift. This thing is fantastic. So, you used to only replicate books, but now you can just get everything. It's, um... Yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's a future where it really is the thought that counts. Yeah. Unless someone's been lying to you about their hobbies. Right. So, yeah. Great. Now what I'm going to do with this damn tennis racket? I mean, put it back in the replicator. Apparently that's how they do their laundry. Is it? Believe it or not. Yeah. Worf, Worf was yelling at Alexander. like, you're supposed to put your clothes back in the replicator, Alexander. And Worf was like, I'm, uh, Alex was like, I'm two inches tall. You're never here. So. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, uh, final thoughts, suspicions. Yeah, this episode I I remembered watching originally, and for whatever reason it it, it stuck. And I think because I like, yeah. I just like Beverly Crusher, uh, yeah. and and no pun intended. I when I first watched it, I probably had a crush on her. I mean that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. She's she's an attractive lady. Yeah, and she doesn't get a lot of episodes, and she doesn't get to do a lot of cool stuff in her episodes. So this is one where she got to like be awesome and be smart and be persistent and like solve a mystery. So. I did. I, I, dude, I watched a lot of Star Trek when I was a, growing up. And yeah. enough that for a little while I had the nickname Energizer. I'd buy that. Yeah. yeah. Sounds rough, but um, it's a good show. <laughs> That's a badge of honor. All right. I'll start calling you that in other contexts. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'll bring it back. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's it for Suspicions. I'm going to be back with, I don't even know what my next episode is. My, my, my recording and publishing order is a little off, but. I will be back with another episode in two weeks. Next week, it's going to be more Deep Space Nine. Uh, And until then, remember Rand. I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios. We are watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. We are talking over Discord, and we are recording and editing on Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. I would also like to thank our senior officer Patreons for their support. They also make video editions of this podcast and remasters of old episodes possible. So thank you to Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, please contact me at vanvelding at gmail.com or on Twitter at vanvelding. Thank you and remember Rand.